את הדף מ"ם עמוד בייז ומ"ם א' עמוד א'. Wisdom and focus, בינת הלב. The, the difference between human intelligence and artificial intelligence as it, as it develops and becomes more and more powerful is likely to be that human intelligence is capable of going so far beyond knowledge and, and penetrating the idea of, of wisdom and insight. But wisdom and insight needs a level of, of focus in order to gain wisdom and insight. You need a level of focus which adults have lost and children are not being taught. other than in the area of sports. In the area of sports, children are taught how to focus, or they learn, they learn how to focus. Uh, but in, in learning and in academics, that skill, that capacity to truly focus, people don't have. And without focus, there's no possibility of gaining wisdom and insight. And without wisdom and insight, there's no possibility of competing with artificial intelligence. Because whatever you're going to know, artificial intelligence will know better than you. So the, the one thing that differentiates us is the one thing that we're not learning and children aren't being taught, uh, the capacity to, to truly focus. Uh, and it's interesting that, that Daf Mem Aleph and Lag Baomer coincide this year. Uh, Lag Baomer is a time where people get quite, quite mystical, they get quite Kabbalistic. What's interesting is also that the Hasidic world gains its insights into Kabbalah from the Arizal. The Litvisha world, the Lithuanian world of Torah, gains its insights of Kabbalah through the Maharal. And they're very different approaches. And like Baomer is a, is a great, the period of Sviras Omer is a great opportunity to look at those, at those differences. So the whole world now knows that Sviras Omer links to the seven Svirot of, uh, of, of the Midot, they, uh, they're all together, there are ten Spirot, as we know, but seven of the Spirot relate to characteristics that human beings can emulate, and uh, each day of the Sphira is related to one of those Spirot, and, and it's, it's the seven squared, so you've got Chesed and Gevuro, Tiferes, Netzach, Hoed and Yesod and Malchus, and then each one has seven, so the first day is is chesed, and it's the chesed of chesed. And the second day is the gevura of chesed. And the third day is the tiferes of chesed. And so it goes, and everybody knows that in the sidurim it's printed, and, and everybody is aware of that. But that's the Ariz approach, and it's the Hasidic world's approach, and the Sephardic world's approach. But what is the, the, the Litvish approach? What is our approach from, from a Lithuanian tradition? Uh, when I was in yeshiva in Kfar Hasidim, I don't think you could have asked anybody I mean, you could have asked anybody, what is it today? You know, what of, what of the spheres is it? Is it Hoid or Netzach? Nobody would have known. It wouldn't have entered anybody. Nobody would know what you were talking about. Because in, in Chassidim, Rebellia Lopin, my great uncle, and Rebellia Mishkovsky, my Rebbe, used to emphasize every single year, the 49 days of, of the counting are the Arboim V'Shmoneh, These are the 48 ways by which Torah is acquired. That's what Sphira Sohimer is. And that on each of these days, rebellion, both rebellions used to talk about the fact that Bisrael Salante used to focus on practicing one of those Devorim from Pirkei Ovis, one of the, each of the days of the Sphira. And the 48 of them, and the 49th, you're ready to review them all. Bisrael Salante would on the 49th day would do Chazorah, he would review all 48. And then be ready for Shavuos. 
That's, that's what it was. If you ask somebody in Kfar Hasidim, if you ask somebody in Yeshiva, and I'm sure the other Yeshivas were the same, because this was the way of Lithuania. If you ask, what's Fiasoim? It's Aboim Mishmani Dvorim Shatur Iniknes Bayim. What day is it today? They would tell you which of the Kinyonim it is today. Nobody would know about the, 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 the Kabbalah thing. So we lose. Uh, and the Kabbalah, we can't even understand it. It's Netzach Shebohoid or Hod Shebenetzach. Do we know what that means even? So the whole world is focused on an understanding of Sefer HaSoyim, they don't even know what it means. But the Abim V'Shmoni Dvorim Shatur and Iknes Bohem, the 48 ways that the Torah can be acquired, that's something we can understand and we can relate to, but we don't talk about it. I think there's a desire in Yiddishkeit sometimes to be obtuse and to be unattainable and ununderstandable, and people find that's quite religious, not to really understand what we're talking about. But at the end of the day, there's... There's halacha lemaisa. We can we, Torah is meant to be implemented. It's meant to be lived, and we have to have some kind of an understanding of it. So lag ba'omer is hod shebahod. What does hod mean? So hod means lots of things, but perhaps the the two important elements of of what hod means. One is from the meaning of hod vahadala vashter. Hod means splendor. But hod also has another meaning. It comes from the word hoda'a to admit. To be moida uh, is also part of hod. So these are two different meanings of hod, which coincide in the meaning of, of hod in the sfirot and in the in the sfirat particularly. And there's a an important insight that Rav Zevin gives. Rav Zevin was an important Talmud Chacham, an important rabbinic figure in in Israel until the 1970s when he died. Uh, he was the first editor of the Encyclopedia Talmudit. Uh, and and sometimes he's not given full credit for the enormous Talmud Chochem that he was, the unbelievable knowledge of Torah that he had. He was a musmach of the Ragat Shova and of the Oruch HaShulchan. This is no, no, no ordinary human being. Uh, and Yisrael was blessed to have him as a, as a Torah figure uh, for all those years. And Rav Zevin says, you only admit to something that isn't obvious. You, you don't admit, you don't use the word admission, I admit to the fact that my Gemara is on the table. You don't need an admission for that. You admit to something that's not obvious. You admit to something that isn't apparent. And so the, the hod of Torah, the splendor of Torah is perceivable when you admit to the fact that there's something in Torah which is beyond you. There's something in Torah which is, which is deeper than the, the analytical mind can grasp. When you're moide, when you accept that, when you admit to the fact that, that, that there is that element of Torah, there is the, the, the sword side of Torah, the secretive side of Torah, the, the part of Torah which is not apparent and what is not obvious, when you admit to that, then, then you're able to grasp it. And that's this hod shebahod, that this is the admission of the need for admission uh, that we have on Lag Bahamir, that there's a part of the Torah which goes beyond uh, the analytical capacity. How, how do we get that? What, how, do we, how, do, how do we acquire that? So we know that our Torah, Niknes Ba'arba Ushmoni Dvorim, the 48 things by which the Torah is acquired, says Pirkei Ovis, and one of them is Bevinat Halev. What is Binat Halev? Understanding of the heart. So you see already there's something going on here that is not just the analytical mind. Because the, it, it says there Talmud is one of the things you've got to learn and Mishnah and, and Mikra, these are all part of the 48 ways. But Binat Halev is one of those 48 ways. So our, our Mishnah says on, on, on Memo Mudbez, 
The Birkat Kohen Godel Ketzad. What did the what brochas did the Kohen Godel make on Kriyas Torah on Yom Kippur? Because the Kohen Godel used to read from the Torah on Yom Kippur, and the, the Mishnah goes on to say, "Vekorei Acharemot Vaachesor." He would read from Acharemus and from Parshas Emer, last, last Shabbos' Parsha, of Achbeasor. The one posuk is in, in Acharemus, the one posuk is in Emer, but they're both talking about Yom Kippur. Acharemus, Shnei Bnei Aaron, that happened on Yom Kippur. And Achbeasor, Lechodesh, is talking about Yom Kippur. Those are the two pieces which the Kohen Godel would read on Yom Kippur. Uh, says the Gemara, our Gemara, Vekore Acharemot Vaachbeasor, and he reads Acharemot and Achbasar, Urmini Medalgin Benovi Ven Medalgin Batera. But you're not allowed to skip in the Torah. And to go from Parshat Acharemot to Parshat Emo, he's got to skip. He's got to move from one place in the Sefer Torah and go to another place. We've learned you can do that in Novi, but you don't do that in Torah. The Gemara goes through the whole question, comes out that you, you're allowed to do it on two conditions. The one is that the two parts that you're reading in the Torah are on the same topic. And the other is that it doesn't take you that long to move from the one to the other that the Meturgaman stops being Meturgaman. The Meturgaman is in those days when the, the Balkuri would read and the Meturgaman used to explain what was being read. In, in Aramaic, he would explain it in a way that the people could understand. So the Torah was read in the words of the Torah, everybody heard it. And then posuk by posuk, the Meturgaman would explain it. What you have to be careful, says the Gemara, is that the time it takes you to get from the one Kriya to the other Kriya is not longer than the time the Maturgaman takes to explain the last thing you said. So the community is not kept waiting in silence, which is not covered at Sibur. So, so the, it has to be Be'in and Echod, it has to be one topic, and it has to be quickly enough that the community isn't held waiting. And that's Paskind in Shulchan Oruch, Medalgin Benovi, Ve'en Medalgin Batayra, Mi'parsha Zula, Parsha Acheret, Vahani Mili Bishtein Yanim. You're not allowed to skip if it's two different Topics. Because we're worried about the concentration of the listeners. Now today you would say, who cares about the concentration of the listeners? Nobody's concentrating in any way. But that's not how we're meant to listen to Kriyasatari. We're meant to be very focused and concentrating. And to skip from one topic to another, we lose concentration. But one idea, one topic, like Yom Kippur, which is an Acharemus, that you're allowed to be medalik, that's how it's passed in Shulchan Aruch, and that's how, how we hold. What's this idea of, of being worried about people's confusion? Says Rashi, this is an amazing Rashi, such an important Rashi for anybody who's in the field of education and anybody who has children is in the field of education. Anybody who has a leadership position is in the field of education. Anybody who's alive is in the field of education because you're educating yourself, you're learning. Everybody is an educator. Says Rashi, Medalgim Baturakagon, Matnitin de Tarvau, Binyana de Yoma Kipurim Ninu. They're both talking about Yom Kippur, Hilkech Medalgin, Bechdeshelo Yifsok, and therefore you move from one to the other, and it's okay. With right to Dictani, Dafidik, Bedeshelo Yifsok, Tugum, and Emedalgim, Mishne, and Yonim, Shazer, Binyan Yamakipurim, Vizer, Betsavet Arno, Bepasha, Heret, where it says you may not skip from one Pasha to another in the Torah, that's talking about Shne in Yonim when it's two different in Yanim. And here's the mind-blowing Rashi. She'ein halev shehu nimshach achar inyan echad memaher latzeit mimenu lishmoa lo havin divrei inyan acher. Because the heart 
can't exit from one idea quickly enough to grasp the next idea. The mind can do that. The mind, you can switch the mind on and off. The mind is very superficial. Mind's about information. You can be, be seeing one thing and then see something else. Listen to one thing and listen to another thing. And that's why we jump all the time and you have kids sitting with five, not just kids sitting with four different screens open and they're busy skipping from one to the other and then they're texting and then they're reading and then they're writing a document and then they're reading an email backwards and forwards. The mind can do that, no problem. Says Rashi, the lave can't. So if you're thinking with your mind, then it's easy to switch tasks into multitasking. We know that multitasking doesn't mean you're doing two things at once. Multitasking means you're switching very quickly from one thing to another. And, and whether that's efficient or not, there's a lot of research. We won't go into that. But one thing's for sure. If you're thinking with your heart, it's not possible for your heart to exit quickly enough. The problem with the heart is not how long it takes for the heart to engage into something new. It can do that instantly. You start, if your heart is vacant, and you start with something new, you can engage the heart instantly. But once engaged, the heart can't turn off so quickly. It lingers in, in that in which it's engaged in for a little longer. It takes a time to exit. And so if you're learning one parasha in Kriya Satara, and the community's heart is in that parasha, they're, they're learning with their heart, not just with their minds. They're listening to Kriya Satara with their hearts. Their heart is still there. And now he's reading something else. With Torah, every posuk is so important to the life you live. Your life is different depending on how you understand that posuk which is being learned in the Torah. And if your heart isn't in that posuk because it's still on the previous one, then you, you'll forget that piece of Torah because what you remember is what you learn with heart. You don't remember what you think about with your mind. You remember with what you learned with heart. And if you didn't learn it with heart, you're going to forget it. And you'll end up not living that posuk of Torah and that serious. But in Tanakh, where it's narrative and stories, it doesn't matter that much if you forget it. A posuk, it's not the end of the world. But Torah, you need to understand and know the Torah and keep it very much aware. And if we apply this to all of our learning and our way of living to understand, if we're going to learn with our heads the way we have for the last hundreds of years, we will be doomed because artificial intelligence can do that better than we'll ever be able to do that. Learning with your heads, thinking with your head, those days are over. There's, there's nothing in that. The, uh, you look around, you search on the internet, you look up something, you, you, you get some information, you get some extra knowledge. There's nothing in that. Chat GPT can do that. What we can do is to learn with heart to gain wisdom and insight, to, to learn intuitively, to apply our heart. And that means while you're learning or while you're speaking to somebody or while you're engaged with your child or with your husband or wife or while you're listening to Kriya Satoru, put your hand on your heart, literally, and feel, ask yourself, is anything happening here? Or is it all happening at my ears and my eyes and my head? Is anything actually happening here? And we'll be shocked to know, mostly no. Our heart is not engaged in the process of learning. And if our heart is not engaged in the process of learning, says Rashi, that's not something you remember and, and it's not something you grasp. But when your heart is engaged in the process of learning, you've got to give the heart a little bit of time. You've got, you've got to give it time just to let it linger. 
the most important moments when I'm preparing these matmonim, for me the most important moment is after I've decided this is the piece of Gemara I want to learn, this is the piece of Gemara I want to focus on. And one of the first things I do is just linger with it. Just learn the Gemara and just allow yourself to feel it, to feel what the Gemara is saying, not just to hear what the Gemara is saying, to feel what the Gemara is This Rashi, to feel what Rashi is saying. That, that's the piece that we need to have, and that's the focus. When we're talking about focus, what we're talking about is the ability to apply your heart to what you're learning, not just your mind to what you're learning. And, and that ability of focus, there's a, there's a beautiful piece, uh, it, it's in Rebel Yelopian's new Siddur that, is, that has just come out. On Ivdut Hashem Besimcha, he brings in the name of the Maharam Rutenberg, that when people gave their lives al Kiddush Hashem, they, so they're being tortured. Talks about Rabbi Akiva and the and, and the others more recently, when when Jews were being tortured al Kiddush Hashem, they felt no pain, says the Mara Rutenberg. and Rebelli explains the reason is because they were so focused on the Avat Hashem, on their love of God. If you focus on one thing, you're able to extract, you're able to exclude everything else around you. That's the nature of focus. Focus doesn't mean I'm concentrating on this. Focus means I'm so concentrated on this that there is nothing else in the world at that particular moment. That's why I say children learn that in sports. The, the ball is all that it counts. Where the ball is, where the ball's going, where everybody's standing. Their mind is there. The rest of the world doesn't exist. But when they're learning, that's not how they learn. And when, when we learn, that's not how they learn. Every time somebody walks into the shoes, somebody knocks something, everybody, we look, we hear, we, we shouldn't even hear it. We shouldn't even notice it. If our hearts are in what we're learning, you wouldn't notice anything else. You wouldn't feel anything. Even pain you wouldn't feel if, if, we, if we were really focused on that. And that, that's, that's the Hod Shebahod. If we want to be able to be moideh, that there's a part of Torah you can't grasp with your mind. There's a part of Torah, the splendor of Torah, you need to grasp with your heart. Then you've got to be focused in such a way that jumping from one thing to another, you can't jump from one thing to another in that way because the heart takes longer to, to get used to things. Even when we finish learning, to move from learning into davening, you can't do it in an instant. You've got to let your heart linger a little bit. In, in what you've learned. You finish davening, you can't run straight outside and get into your business things. You've got to give your heart a little bit of chance. It's got to linger a little bit because that's when the heart really gains its wisdom. In those moments of lingering, after you've been exposed to something, just allow it to settle a little bit. Be with it for a little bit. Stay with it for a little bit. Don't rush from one Indian to another, from one topic to another, from one activity to another. Just give yourself the chance to be able to engage with it with, with heart and with focus so that at that moment at least there's nothing else in the world except that which you focused on. Thank you.